And every year, like especially at conventions, the amount of people that come to see me just because of turtles is just you know so humbling, and it feels great to be that person. And especially with the kids, like the young kids, like six, seven year olds, that when they see me draw a turtle, they're like, "Whoa, you're drawing turtles!" Like, yeah, like if you draw turtles now, maybe in twenty <laughs> years you'll be drawing the new ones. Michelangelo here, you know, the master of the whirling pizzas. And you, my friend, are listening to Turtle Flakes, a bodacious bowl of Ninja Turtles goodness, brought to you by my radical dudes, Rob and John. Cowabunga! Cowabunga, dudes who do that, and welcome to another episode of Turtle Flakes. I am your lowly co-host, Rob, and join with me, as always, is Mr. Josh O'Rourke. How are you, Jose? Hi, I'm good. How about you? Oh, doing well, my friend. Doing well. And we've got, once again, Mr. Jay Weezy. How you doing? What's up? What's up? What's up? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. No, I don't like you. No. Boo. Yeah, that's true. you got to get back him. in character. Tricked him. <laughs> oh, well, well, guys, how have you guys been doing this week? Um, have you got any turtle pickups over the last few days? I know it's not been too long since we talked. Uh, yeah. Um, so... After, right after our last episode, I picked up a ton of comics. Uh, Comicsology had a huge sale, so I basically rounded out the rest of my uh, IDW series collection. I picked oh, up, nice. yeah, I think I had up to like ish, uh, um, volume like nine or something like that, and I picked up all the other ones that were available. So I think up to like twenty. Uh, those were like four bucks a piece, which is like a steal. It's like a dollar an issue. Um, then I got a bunch, uh, I finished out the, the whole tales of the TMNT. They have that whole series. So I grabbed those and then I got a couple of random ones, uh, like the Ghostbusters turtles Two, uh, turtles in time. So I just, I grabbed a ton of them, uh, since they're on sale. So, uh, that was pretty cool. Yeah, that, that, that's a good buy, man. I, I think as of right now, that sale's still going on too. It's, uh, we're recording yeah. this on February 23rd. So yeah, guys, if if you're still listening to this, or if you're listening to this, hopefully it's still on sale, and you can check that out, because there are some great deals, especially the Tails stuff. Now's the time to pick that stuff up. That's great. Um, oh, and I almost forgot, we, uh, we're starting another edition of the IDW Mutation Station to get today, uh, and we're hopefully going to be joined by the wonderfully gifted artist, Michael Dianalinas. I'm hoping I'm saying that right, and I'm sure he'll correct me if I'm saying it wrong. But yeah, we're hoping to have him on here in a minute, and it's so cool to actually talk to somebody who's in the thick of it right now, and I believe he's got one more issue before a different artist will be coming on. But yeah, today we're going to be talking about IDW issue 91, so I almost forgot to mention that at the top of the show. I'm slacking here. <laughs> this this new time change, I'm telling you, it's, just an, it's an hour later than we normally record, and it's really thrown me off. Jeez. I actually needed an extra cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Josh? What have you been up to? Yeah, what you been up to, Jose? Oh, just making people mad online and stuff like that. It's funny. <laughs> you know. uh, but no, in terms of uh, turtle pickups, I actually got a really cool. Uh, I actually got a really cool find here. I found on eBay. 
eBay's dangerous. I shouldn't be on eBay. But um, <laughs> I got this. Uh, some guy had collected in a binder like all of the Ninja Turtle trading cards from like the first two series of the cartoon trading cards, and then oh, like okay. the first run of the trading cards in the first movie. These were all from Topps trading cards and collectibles and stuff like that. So I've got this big binder with like 200 cards in them. That's pretty awesome. Just nothing but Ninja nice. Turtles trading cards. So I bought I bought a couple boxes of those on eBay. I think it was pretty early on in the podcast. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Rob still got them. And I printed off these mailing labels on the back, and I just put like Turtle Flakes podcast and our email and stuff on the back. Oh, that's and cool. I started giving them out at work, and like a week later, people were like trading them. It was hilarious. It was- <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, I should have like started selling these, but it was pretty cool. It's uh, they're really fun. No, they are pretty cool. I've been wanting to get uh, trading cards because I used to I used to collect trading cards like hardcore when I was a kid, and like from like the Marvel stuff. And the DC didn't really do too many of them, but like Marvel, Ninja Turtles, like Power Rangers trading cards. And I got into like I was a really big basketball guy when I was a kid, so I collected a bunch of basketball trading cards and. It's something that I would really want to get into, but I was I was kind of thinking like, why would I do that? Because I'm just going to put them in a binder and they're just going to sit on my shelf. But that's what all my stuff does anyway. So why break a bad habit? So. <laughs> yeah, it's funny you bring up the uh, trading cards because um, I'm actually going to go over to see Landon today, and there's a retro gaming store in that area. And I was going to go and pack up some cards and kind of donate them to the store because I've got a bunch of knickknacks and stuff, all retro stuff. So I was actually going through the cards today, putting them in the bag. So funny how that works. Just about 30 minutes ago. You're going to regret it. Like as soon as you're like, hey, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to look at these cards and oh, can't do it. Oh, they're gone. (laughs) (laughs) Well, luckily I still got half a box left. So yeah, I've I've still got them from, uh, gosh, early on in the uh, early on in the show, I think that was the first year we started recording, which was 2013, I guess. Jeez, we've been around for that long. Jeez. Well, that's crazy. I that's can't believe nerds. we haven't been, like, shut down already. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Especially with O'Rourke on here. Jeez. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Despite everything that I don't bring to the show, we're still doing it. You know? Oh, stop. We love was, you, bro. I was <laughs> expecting a cease and desist from Nickelodeon, like... You know what? You guys are just ruining the turtle brand. Just, just stop. Yeah, just stop. Just stop. Okay, so hi everyone. Welcome to Turtle Flakes Podcast. We have a very special guest for you today. Um, artist extraordinaire Michael Dialinas. Yeah, <laughs> I got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't say his last name, but Michael, it is such a, a treat to have you on the show, man. Uh, first of all, we are big fans of your work. As a matter of fact, before you and I actually started talking on Twitter, we, uh, Josh and I were actually talking about how uh, wonderful your artwork was, and I think it was issue eighty nine. I think we started talking about it. Yeah, the Christmas. Yeah. Yes, yes. By the way, that's where I can't wait to get into that. <laughs> But yeah, Michael, it's so good to have you on the show, uh, on our humble podcast. Yeah. And first of all, if if we could just start from the very, very beginning, mm-hmm. um, I'm sure you get this all the time. But you know, what inspired you to want to draw comic books? Mm, okay, this is gonna sound corny, but it could be turtles. Oh, nice! Oh, wow, because nice. like when I'm I'm a child of '84. So when the 
Yeah, when the turtles were at their high in the 1990, I was six. So I was like, you know, bred for this. I was <laughs> the right time. I was young kid. Got the comics. Got the Archie version. Got the movies. Got the cartoons. Got the toys. So yeah, I've been a turtle fan since I was a kid. So this is my 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 dream job to get into actually drawing the series. That's so cool. You know, as a matter of fact, I actually saw a drawing that you had done of I think it was Leonardo on Instagram. Donatello. Donatello. Used, oh, used nice. to be my business card actually. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> oh man, that is so cool. <laughs> so was he your favorite as a kid, or were you a Mikey guy? Because I thought I heard in an interview that you liked Mikey best. It's the thing. I thought I liked Donnie. I always felt like more of a Donnie person. But then I realized that I have way more Michelangelo turtle toys around the house. <laughs> I was like, how, you know, like literally on my uh, next to my desk, I have like an old shampoo bottle, which is in the moon that looks like Michelangelo. Oh, I, I remember those. Kind, uh, one from a Kinder Surprise Michelangelo. <laughs> I have some of the, the movie, the old movie turtles, the little rubbery ones. I have one of those. There's a Michelangelo, and I have a custom-made Mikey figure based on my artwork. Oh, wow. And I think in the office I have a giant size 87 Mikey, and I have in the house a giant size uh, movie star Mikey. So I have a lot of Mikeys in the house. (laughs) You're a Mikey fan by default. There you go. Yes. Well, you know, if you could, you know, take us back, so... I was looking at your website here, uh, and it looks like you've written and drawn for Boom Studios, DC, Marvel, Image, Dark Horse, and now IDW. Um, I guess one of the first things as a fan that I was always interested to know is, you know, are, are there any differences between these comic companies in, in, in as far as their order of operations go? Are, are there a lot of different rules for different companies uh, as an artist? Yeah, basically everyone's different between like um where should i start let's start from like where i started off with dark horse and my cat is gonna drive me crazy <laughs> shut up <It's> clunk. <laughs> you just ate <laughs> um so yeah i started with dark horse that's my first uh, entry to the u.s market Wow. So that was a creator-owned series, which I mainly drew and colored and everything. That was in 2011, I think I started on that. And that was like a hands-off, you know, you're basically doing your own thing, creator-owned. And he's coming into the room now, he's shouting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Special on the guess. podcast. <laughs> but yeah, after that, I'd like, straight after that, I got into my first and only... Marvel gig, which I drew uh, Superior Spider-Man for one issue, wow. which was a whole different beast because I felt like I wasn't ready for that. Um, really? In what way? Uh, I hadn't got used to hard deadlines yet. Like oh. I, I came off my first creator-owned, and generally I was doing my own stuff in Greece. So that was my first, here's a, here's a script, run with it. So that was kind of a really weird experience of trying to figure out how to draw was i think it was like 30 page issue in three weeks which was real real eye opener (laughs) (laughs) and then straight after that i started working with boom and james tynan and we did our series the woods which i was working for four years and that's where i cut my teeth basically and just got into the whole fact of um, drawing an issue a month so 
when I started, when I did the first Marvel thing, I wasn't ready. But now it's like, give me two weeks and it's ready. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's impressive, man. It's it's like you get to that point where you can figure out that drawing a page isn't the hard part. It's just making it look cool. But at the beginning, you're like. This is one panel, and I'm gonna make this other panel, and I'm gonna make all these panels work together and based on the script that you're given. So you get over the whole broad strokes of this is gonna be a page. Now it's like this is gonna issue. How many pages are I gonna do? And just you figure it out. Wow. It's it's like a second nature type thing. Like drawing, like starting a page off is like drinking my coffee, but it used to be the like I didn't know where to start. So yeah, so you got like Marvel with the hard deadlines. You got Boom, which is creator owned, same as Dark Horse. DC was a pleasant surprise because I got to write. Also, I did oh, like wow. a I did a Gotham Academy story, then I uh, drew in a Gotham, another a Gotham Gotham Academy story. So that was basically a different experience altogether because I had to play with other characters that weren't mine and I had to write about them. Do you feel any pressure there doing that? I felt a lot of pressure drawing <laughs> that one. <laughs> Because I didn't know who to do. Yeah. <laughs> and who was I allowed to play with? So I had to go through this whole thing about asking, can I use can I use Clayface? Like, no, you can't use Clayface. He's already been used in the series. So I had to like figure out which of the characters I'm allowed to play around with. And I asked for Clarion, the witch boy. And then when I got down to asking for Clarion, they were like, okay, but we need to ask uh, other editorial if they're if he's in use somewhere else, and I had this whole big thing, and I had to use his new fifty two design, but I wanted to use his old classic design that he had in the animated series. Ah, so there was a whole big like legal thing going on, like which version I'm supposed to use, uh-huh. which is weird. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, every company is uh, different, and the Turtles is actually the best in. In working with creative with uh, licensed characters, like I have a lot of freedom, and as you've seen in the issues, that um, every artist kind of basically does whatever he wants. Oh yeah, like well, you know, we've definitely discussed that. We can see different styles mm. come into play with every artist. Dave watched her. Or I'm probably saying his last name wrong too. It's it, completely different style. Yeah, he has like the beaks and everything. Yeah, yeah. And, um, but, but there's no continuity in the way char- the characters look. That's why, like, I was trying when I first started, like three years ago, was when was it? Late 2015, when I first came onto Turtles, and I was trying to stay in continuity with Mateos and uh, Corey Smith's work. So I was like doing the bandages, doing this, and then basically oh. I've I've come in every every year I've done like a couple of issues, like. Universe, uh, Dimension X. I'm always doing something every year. And this was the first time when they brought me in for the, the Michelangelo macro issue. Yes, like, love that, by the way. That's my favorite thing I've drawn, the turtles. That is Because awesome. I had like full rain and it was like spread out and it was a great story with Mikey and Splinter. So when that came around, I was like, I'm going to draw my own turtles because I keep feeling like I have to follow someone else and this is the time that everyone else is doing basically whatever they want so i'm going to come in and put a little fresh you know a little bit more paint a little bit more color on on the like with mikey's uh, leg warmers and arm warmers so i just wanted to make him look a little bit special since this is this is his macro issue yeah 
It looked great, by the way. Absolutely fantastic. And that's a great issue. So wonderful work there, my friend. And Ian did a great job with writing it. So, so speaking of the writing, and then I'll, I'll ask this last question. And I'll shut up and let the let the guys ask some, but uh, just kind of a follow up to the IDW thing. Mm-hmm. So, you you say it's it's one of your personal favorites to to draw for the IDW company or the mm-hmm. Turtles. When when they give you something to draw, are they telling you specifically how certain characters should look in certain scenes? I mean, is it broken down to you panel by panel, and you just draw it, or are you? interpreting everything from the story or the script you read and then you just kind of make up your own layouts as you go well you're you're given basically a five panel page or a six panel page like it's all split up in pages like especially with the last couple of issues where it's been a lot of different things happen at the same time mm-hmm. like we have let me just open this issue so we have turtles and splinter with karai Mm-hmm. But then we also have a couple of issues of Bishop and Metalhead. And then you've got a, like a page or two with Casey and Jenica. So I'm given the, you have two pages of Casey and Jenica and this many panels and this many dialogue balloons. And my mm-hmm. cat is driving me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> She's got her own dialogue balloon. <laughs> oh, it's, it's He's an old man now. He's 11. So, um, yeah, I'm given, like, the broad strokes of what happens in every scene and panels. So I have to figure out if I can make this work, if I can get the expressions across, if I can make every beat hit. And if it, if I feel like there's not enough room or there's too much room, then I'll play along according to the pages I have. Like, I can't add, I can't change up the page count, but I can change up the panel count in a page. Oh, wow. So, like, sometimes there's a, um, like, six panels with Karai and Spinner talking, and I feel like one balloon needs to stand out on its own, so I'll break that into another panel if it fits and give that balloon more gravity, like its own panel, instead of being locked up with another three or four dialogue balloons going on. So that's that's the kind of like freedom I have, and then I just have to figure out how to fit it in the page and make it work. Wow! Yeah, especially these last uh, few issues. There's not a lot of, there's not a lot of action, but there's a lot of there's a lot of explaining and talking and you know uh, story pushing. So there's a lot of uh, managing you know panels. Like if it, if it was more action orientated, like with the macro issue, like I had like out of the out of the forty pages, I think it was like thirteen pages of action. I had like a different kind of um, directing to do. Like I, I, all I knew was there's a Mikey hits Splinter, Splinter hits Mikey, Mikey hits Splinter. There's a <laughs> sweep the leg. There's a kick in the face, and I'll like make that look cool on the page. Very cool, very cool. See, I always kind of wanted to know the behind the scenes there because uh, obviously I'm not an artist, but I've always wanted to kind of see. You know, th- through the eyes of an artist, you know, well, what do they look for? Because my order of operations when I read a comic book now is mm-hmm. first I, I, I read the story, then I go back and I just look at the artwork and not read any of the words and just see what artists have done and their, their little styles and how they, uh, how every artist is a little bit different <laughs> in the way they go about things. So I just tremendous respect. And, you know, this is another beautiful issue. You went back and talked about designing your own Ninja Turtles. And I always 
been under the impression that trying to draw your own version of an established character is one of the hardest things it was one of the harder things that you can do i was wondering if you could break down how you went about creating your own turtles where you wanted to make this a dialinus drawing mm-hmm. how did you, how did you make the turtles your own first off it kind of came out of need because this all this all started with the macro issue Mm-hmm. So when the macro issue came along and Shiro, I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> <laughs> so when the, when that issue came around, and I, uh, after reading the first few pages, uh, and the the turtles are doing like this whole big acrobatic performance for the orphans in the in the Foot Clan, um, I wanted them to be relaxed, and I wanted them to be maskless, like take the masks off. So, straight off there, Shiro, you're gonna get it. You're gonna get it. <laughs> uh, straight off, I wanted um, their colors to show even without masks. And one thing in the IDW comics is their colors are con- constricted to the mask only. Like we don't have the colored pads, the colored arm things, and everything. So I just wanted to bring that back around a little bit and give, like, especially with Mikey, I wanted his colors to show, I wanted his orange to be present in every page, even though he's not going to wear, he's not wearing the mask in the first 10 pages. So when that, like, that, that's where it came from, the first part. Like, I wanted their show, their colors to show more. I don't want it to be, like, turtles, like, green, brown, green, uh, dark green, uh, grays. I wanted to have that, that flair on them. So that's where it all basically came from, and I just thought like this will make them, you know, mine. This will make them show up that these these versions are mine, stand out a bit. I was curious. I've always wondered this. Um, as an artist working in comic books, you're not always in charge of the writing of a comic book that you're working on. I was wondering if um, maybe this has happened, maybe it hasn't, but has your drawings, the way you draw your comics or page layouts or anything, has that ever influenced the writers that you work with, or is there, or has it always been pretty separate at all? Hmm. That's a good question. Like, with Turtles, I don't think so. I think Tom, because he's been writing it for, like, 90-plus issues, that he has his own way of writing, he's not going to change it for every artist (laughs) that comes on. Um... But working with James Tynan for 36 issues, basically. Yeah. Like we've done 40. We've done four years of working together. Um, he's figured out how I work better. Like James, in the beginning, he was writing more constricted because he works for DC mainly. So he mm-hmm. has to get everything proper and written up so it goes through editorial. But with the woods that we did together, that's the way he was in the beginning. But as like the first year went past, then he started just giving me two pages. Like, this is two page scene, like ten panels. You know, make it work. So he was like getting more, like getting looser and looser, and just giving me what I needed and just letting it up to me. That's cool. And um, yeah, so like the more you work with someone, then the the easier it is to you know figure out what's the best way to make this, you know work better and especially when it's creator owned then you don't have to have that much editorial on the script because it's between me and the writer and not between the writer and the and the company then the artist so 
I was just wondering, how do you feel about uh, Comixology, digital comics, and specifically, um, they have a guided view feature on Comixology. I don't know how familiar you are with it, but um, I noticed that you know it zooms in on panel by panel, and oh. <laughs> yeah, when you're when you're looking at it and you're scrolling through, you don't really get a sense of. Uh, how pages are organized or how mm. panels are arranged and I feel like it in a way it could kind of take take away from the effort and um, I guess what you're trying to convey as an artist in terms mm. of uh, page order I know certain things are are separated by pages right um, for suspense you know uh, if you're trying to emphasize something you may wait till the next page to show it or um choosing the number of panels and uh, you you specifically talked about you might need more panels for something how do you feel about that well the guided view as you as you called it i'm not, I'm not sure what it's called I, I remember it when it first came out and you like be able to see that on your phone but i doubt do many people read comics on their phones so I'm using my iPad. Uh, I've got mm -hmm. an iPad Pro, so it's about 13 inches. So it's a really good size for comics. Mm -hmm. And that's when I, I tried the. I was trying out the guided view on here, and it's one nice thing about it is um, it's, it's near print size, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's near mm -hmm. print size, yeah. And it goes. It'll move panel by panel in the order that the story that the story goes, and it zooms in on that panel. So the whole panel. Um, it zooms in on it and scales it to the whole screen, so no, you could see no. more detail. But yeah, no, no, that's not good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's it, I, I it's was not good because basically, I all artists basically draw it double size. Like whatever the print size is, double size is what you draw it at. Okay. So you get like a fifty percent scale down and make it look cool. If it's going to get blown up, I don't want people seeing my art blown up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's really with the deadlines we have, you don't you don't get to do the you know the finest detailed work. You get to draw as a page, so we draw pages, not panels. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I thought because I was going through guided view in issue ninety one, and there's uh, one of the panels. Uh, it has Karai talking to Kitsune, and Karai has her her sword drawn, and it was kind of jarring because it just it's. You know, I just swipe to the right, and it takes me to the next panel and blows it up. And in that panel, Karai, you can't see her mouth, just because you it wasn't drawn that way. Because typically, oh, on yeah. paper, the it zooms out. Yeah, 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 and it zooms in. I'm like, where'd her mouth go? And it kind of takes you out of uh, the the natural flow. And yeah, even it's, tiny. Zoom it's like yeah, two centimeters. The whole all the Karai is two centimeters. That's like not even an inch. <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah, that's that's a tiny panel. It shouldn't be blown up. Like that is half of my iPhone screen. That yeah. panel in print. Wow. <laughs> wow. So it shouldn't be blown up into a thirteen-inch iPad. <laughs> yeah, I was. That's, that was kind of what I thought. And it, it, I really was like, I feel like I'm missing uh, all the all the work that went into laying this out. And even if you choose to do uh, three panels in a row or two. You know, you're choosing how do I want to emphasize this particular scene and how big it is. So, well, yeah. what we do is we try the best because sometimes you get like, especially in this two page spread, is like there's a lot of talking going on. So, we try and guide the reader's eye from left to right. And then, hopefully, maybe in some panels, we can get like a, 
so so I tried like we especially with the balloons and the way they're um, positioned, we try and get it to guide in left to right on the first tier of panels and hopefully try and get it to guide down diagonally. So there's always a left to right and then diagonally down movement. That's ideally how we try and get things set up. So you, the uh, the eye goes on its own. That's why we talk about bad paneling. If like, if you have a character on the end, uh, on the last panel of the page, if a character is running towards the left, that is wrong. Because he's supposed oh. to run towards the right, so you have the, he's running off the page into the next page. Oh, wow. I've, ne- I've never thought about that. Wow. Mm. That makes sense. And, and the one thing you can't do in comics is pan upwards. Like, if you're showing a building and you're starting off on the ground and you're sh- slowly, slowly showing up towards the top of a building, you can't do that in comics. Because the pages, the panels are going down. But you want to show up. Hmm. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, it could be uh-huh. confusing for the unnatural for you to yeah, you're reading down, but it's, it's going on. It's undrawable. So the only thing you can do is like one big splash pa- panel in one page that shows the whole of a building. And like, there's some things you can't do in comics, and some things you can do that you can't do in other mediums. But that one mm-hmm. thing is panning down, panning upwards is something you can't do, but you can pan down because you can start from the top of a scene, and then make your way down. Hmm, no. Yeah, It's all about guiding the eye from left to right and then downwards into the next page. So just going in panel by panel is, is a big no-no when reading comics. Yeah, it's interesting the- Interesting to hear you talk about the limitations of the, of the format. And I've always been impressed, like when you read uh, some of our favorites, like Tales of the TMNT, where you have a really serious... Uh, story that you're trying to convey with with mutant turtles which is kind of ridiculous mm-hmm. and in a comic <laughs> book but it still works uh yeah. and uh, how do you feel about that do you do you feel like there are boundaries like certain um i guess how deep you can go in a story or in character development do you feel like it's restricted by the format of comic books as opposed no. to a novel or a movie no not really depending it depends on how the the story is going to be um drawn like if if you're drawing something that looks goofy, but the story is super serious. Then that's a, like two different um, two different stories clashing together. So mm-hmm. the art, the art always has to fit the story. If those two fit, then you can tell whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And especially like um, I'm a very confusing artist for a lot of people because I change my style depending on the story. So. Like recently, before I before I started drawing turtles again, and straight after drawing the woods, which the woods is a teenage um, fantasy mystery sci-fi story. Yeah, it looks great. Thank you. And then straight after, I did a, a book called Lucy Dreaming with Max Bemis, but that was a full-on cartoony style. But I chose to draw that that style because it would it was better it was a better fit for what the what was going on. Like, I didn't want to draw it serious. I wanted to draw it fun. So, yeah, like, I'm a very big supporter of the style has to, the the art has to fit the the writing and not be so they don't clash. If I could, uh, if I could ask you, like mm-hmm. the turtles. So you you were a big fan with them. Did mm-hmm. did you reach out to IDW uh, and express interest in the turtles, or or did they reach out to you? How did that come about? Where you got to work with the turtles in the first place? Well, that's a very 
it's a very nice story um, involving Sophie. Actually. Oh, Sophie Campbell. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, when was this? This was, I want to say, 2012 or 2013. It was just around the time before I started drawing the woods. Um, I was drawing, like, did some fan art for turtles because, like, I love them, so I'm going to draw draw my own stuff. <laughs> and one day I got an email from Bobby saying that Sophie had shown him my work and they wanted me to do like a sample page because they wanted me to draw the Karai mini. So I did like the, I did a sample page and then with like Michelangelo beating up a foot soldier. So I did that and then the the story actually was given to Corey Smith. So that's when he did his start. And after that, they kept asking me, do you have time to do this? And I was like, Great guys, this would have been great, but I'm just starting this series called The Woods. It's a monthly, <laughs> so I can't do that. And then they came back to me and they wanted me to draw the Mutanimal series. I was like, guys, I'm still drawing The Woods. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. There's no way we could do this. And then at some point, like the third or fourth time they asked me, and it was like late 2015, I said to them, like, all right, this is now or never. I can't keep saying no to turtles. Mm-hmm. So I made it happen and drew Turtles and Woods at the same time. Wow. So pretty rough. So it was it was wow. a hard three months of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I was literally doing two weeks Woods, two weeks Turtles, two weeks Woods, two weeks Turtles. Wow. Yeah. It was hard. But I you know, I had to do it. Like those I could not keep saying no to my dream job. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> So then once, uh, once I did that, then it would just became an annual thing because I would always have like a, a month or two uh, free between the woods because we set up the prayer, we set up our schedule to do four issues, then one month break, four issues, then one month break. So whenever the one month break was, I would do a turtle story. So then we actually ended up finishing the series and I was like, hey, Bobby, I'm done with the woods for <laughs> the first time in four years and I'm free. So then we set up this whole big thing, and I was working, been working on turtles for seven months. Yeah. So you, you just uh, recently finished up ninety two, didn't you? Yeah, it feels like ages ago. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, last uh, week, <laughs> right? No, no kidding. So are you know are you kind of relieved that it's done, or you know you taking a little break from the turtles for a little while and work on something else in the meantime? Or what's the thing? Like um, seven months is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I did 120 pages of Turtles, wow. and I just got to the point where I was like, I can't, like, this is too much. <laughs> I need to do something else for, for for a bit. So it is a bit of a relief, because this is my longest uh, run on them. But right now, this whole last week, I've done, like, 11 commissions of Turtles. Wow. And so I'm you can't go- get away from them. No, no, I'm not, I'm not getting away from them. I have, like, another... Three weeks of commissions, which are all turtle based. Oh wow! Yeah, so there's like one month I have off, which I'm just going to take on all these commissions because I rarely have time. So this is the first time, and I have a lot of commi- I have a lot of conventions starting in March. So I'm going to travel around. Actually, one of the conventions is going to be with Kevin Eastman. So this is the first time I'm going to see him after I started working in 2015 on turtles. But yeah. Like, until I come back to the series, I'm going to start working on a new book. So I'm actually doing, like, the change of style again. 
and I also really love uh, coloring my work. I'm a big colorist on, on my own stuff. So after working with Rondo and Turtles for a few months, it's good to go back to coloring. Mm -hmm. So coloring is one of my, one of my favorite things. So I don't want to forget that. So after not doing it for a few months, it'd be you know good to come back and you know experiment again with different colors. Hello, violators. You're in Casey's comic classroom. Prepare to be schooled. If you don't mind, if we could just talk about issue 91 real quick. Yeah, first of all, it's so cool to talk to somebody who drew it, and it is out right here and now. You know, as far as the story goes, and maybe you can take us through the artwork as well, I'll just try to summarize real quick, and guys, you can jump in at any time and help you know summarize too if you want this story it it's planting the seeds for sure for the city at war story arc here mm -hmm. and um it opens up as you kind of alluded to a little while ago with the brief flashback and koya she uh, is sleeping mm -hmm. and i like how he's perched on a ledge in the balcony i thought that was a nice touch yeah tom asked for that oh nice nice yeah. uh and then bludgeon he's sleeping in a jacuzzi which i thought was hilarious yeah <laughs> uh and, and Cry, you know, she's waken, awakened by the vision from her grandmother, Kitsune. And, you know, speaking of those layouts, they are wonderful here. You do a, such a great job of, of laying everything out in such a way, because there's a lot of dialogue here. Yeah, and Ronald did a really good uh, color job of making it all pop. Like the gold, oh, yellows, and also, you know, purple, blues. Like, it's a good good contrast of worlds happening yeah. here. Yeah. It's absolutely beautiful. A lot of it, it could be so easy for exposition to kind of kind of bog down a reader or anything like that. But the the artwork and, and the colors just just really make you, you're drawn to the pages. Mm. Um, I had a quick question uh, with Karai sleeping there. Were you did you get prompted or instructed to have her sleeping with the sword, or was that a yep. choice you made? Yep, that was Tom. Tomas the, wanted the 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 sword to be at reach. Okay. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, it looks great, too. I love the flaming sword. It looks awesome. So, uh, Karai, to her credit, you know, she actually, she respects Splinter enough that she says, Suno is saying, you need to take that Foot Clan, you need to do that now, you know, do it by force. And she's like, no. You know, as a matter of fact, she says, Splinter's rulership was attained honorably, or through fair combat in the gauntlet. And that's a reference to issue 50. Master Shredder willingly accepted Amato Yoshi's warrior challenge and was defeated. Mm -hmm. And, um... Karai, she kind of wishes to negotiate with Splinter diplomatically instead of by force, as Kitsune departs, reminding Karai that she is the dragon. Now, we get to the present time here, and Karai's meeting with Splinter, and they both kind of bow out of respect, which I thought mm -hmm. was... Uh, first of all, I like the contrast, too, between the, uh, the layouts from Kitsune to the present time here, with the, yeah. the dragon in the background. It was very cool. that, that was my little touch, because... Um... Tom had mentioned that he didn't want to show the background. He didn't want to show the characters on the next page. Like, oh, wow. The way 90 uh, finished. The, issue 90 ends with Karai surrounded with uh, Koya, Ojo, and um, Ocho, I think, and mm -hmm. Bajun. So he wanted this scene to not involve them and not be around. So I was like, this is a very empty page. Like, I need to fill up somehow. So they thought about adding the... Um, the old uh, traditional Japanese uh, still screen drawings. So I looked wow. up a couple of stuff. I was like, "This okay, dragon for for um, Karai, since we have the You Are the Dragon on the previous page, and yeah. something very peaceful for Splinter because he's greeting her. You know, I love that. Yeah, that... with a happy, happy face. See, I would have never noticed that. That is really cool that you added that. I love that. So, um, 
Yeah, right after that, uh, Ocho, Bludgeon, and Koya are with the orphans of the Foot Clan. Yeah. And uh, and I love what one of the kids says. They're like, whoa, the shark dude feels like rubber. How dope is that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, you, and your version of these guys is is wonderful. I, I really like uh, how, you, how you've drawn all of them. Just, just really, really cool stuff. Well, I, I took my notes from Sophie because Sophie is the first and only person to have drawn Ocho before. So I was trying to get the feel for that character. I tried my best. Not the easiest character to draw. (laughs) (laughs) Not the easiest. Looks very simple, but it isn't easy. And Sophie has a very distinct style. So Mm -hmm. it's me trying to take the details from Sophie's and bring them into mine without copying her style. Like wow. it's it's a very it's a fine line of making it work in my style and not look like I'm copying hers. <laughs> so just just real quickly uh, about about the style, like what mm-hmm. what, what if Ocho in particular? What makes him so challenging? Her. Oh, her. That's right. Her. Um, the, the the shape, the style, like it's it's a giant mole. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> and she has giant arms and the way the way her head is shaped like it some in some angles it doesn't look right. Hmm. Like especially head on it borderlines Chewbacca. Yep, yeah. <laughs> I can see that. Sure. So I'm trying to make the head look right and not look like Chewbacca face, you know, <laughs> you know, front looking, but the side, the side, and even even Sophie, Sophie doesn't. Sophie has her own way of challenging, uh, drawing the, the the character. So it's like I'm trying to bring a little bit of realism in, but mm-hmm. it's not the easiest thing, and especially with the smile and everything. Like if I could, I draw, I draw the Oko, uh, Oko, what's it? Ocho. I'll try. And, I would love to draw Ocho like smiling all the time. Because that's the easiest. But when, oh, it's a pretty scary smile. It looks great. It's a great smile. But when <laughs> she's not smiling, it's like a tiny little snout. So mm. it's like trying to manage the snout and the smile and the, the shape of the head and not look, like, not look like she's standing upright but also have a crouch. There's a, there's a different – there's a shape to her that's not the easiest. Like I would love to have like a 3D model or like a toy. I hope there's IDW toys. Toys. Yes, yes, we've oh, talked that about that awesome. for years. Oh, we'd buy them. We'd buy them. Oh, I'd buy everything, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, yeah, so uh, shortly after that, uh, mm-hmm. Karai is about to make a personal request of Splinter. Turtles show up. Karai and the Turtles, they kind of reference their spirited debate, which happened in the Leonardo Macro series. Mm-hmm. So meanwhile, Natsu is raiding the fridge at the hotel, which I thought was pretty funny. She's she's providing her rear security while uh, while the gang is away. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Uh, so Cry, she wishes to pay a uh, her private respect to her grandfather, and Splinter, to his credit, peacefully uh, grants the request. Um, elsewhere, Metalhead. By the way, your Metalhead is amazing. I I love your version of Metalhead. By the way, um, he he says I, have, uh, I oh, only have ahead. one gripe. <laughs> really? With Metalhead. What's that? I. Uh... Because I, I, I've drawn him like six or seven pages in like these three mm-hmm. issues. Um, yeah. I should have drawn his private parts a little bit different. 
Oh, I didn't even know. <laughs> I mean, I should have done something more of a turtle shell shaped for some reason because I was following Bravo. What's his name? Who did the Donny the Donny macro? Well, that's where I saw. That's why I saw Metalhead for the first time. Okay. And I was trying to also bring that design into my style. So I was like doing like taking the bits that I wanted and I took that part without thinking in the first issue. And then realizing in the next issue, I was like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> I'm, I'm committed now because I've already drawn it in one issue. <laughs> so to this box that I've drawn there. Well, you know, I, I, I think it looks fantastic. <laughs> this, little, this little box there. Yeah. This little <laughs> Like in the next issue, it was like three pages or four pages. And I was like drawing in from different angles. And I kept getting down to the box part. I was like, damn it, why did I do this? <laughs> you know, my eyes are immediately going to go there now. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, huh. Good it's for like you run a, you run a, You're running with deadlines and you're drawing things. And then you, you realize that you've committed to something that you have to bring <laughs> along with you for the next few issues. Especially when they're continue one from the other. So the next time I come around and if I... If I get to draw Melhead again, that box will be gone. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. Oh well, uh, so you know, it's a really cool little uh, uh, scene here. Um, they're great, once again, great layouts here. Uh, and Metalhead is is discussing a potential deal with Bishop. Mm-hmm. And at first, Bishop's not too impressed. But uh, finally, when we get to see a perspective through Metalhead's eyes, and he's scanning Bishop here, he sees through, I guess, Bishop's exoskeleton, you know, where the actual human being is. And Bishop's officially impressed after this. Um, So uh, back at the back of the Foot Clan, Mikey and Donnie, they're catching up with Blungeon and Koya. And and I love Mikey here. You know, he's he's super simplifying things here. He goes, "Um, so wait, Koya's got like magic wings now and Bludgeon can see things with radar power, even if he's blind. And Koya, you know, just kind of rolls her eyes and concedes and says... To put it crudely, so I thought that was a nice uh, little exchange there. Yeah, and the Daredevil reference. Yes, I love that. Yes, that was a really cool touch, and mm-hmm. I like this perspective through um, Bludgeon's eyes, I guess, or his perception yeah. of Donnie yeah. or Mikey. Is, I'm, I had to look a lot of uh, Sophie's designs because Sophie did the the echolocation first. Oh, very cool. So yeah. I had to like I had to figure out how she drew the. The weird black inverted, but also you know weird watercolory look. So I was like trying to get, you know, whatever Sophie done, bring it into mine. Ah, that's awesome. Yeah. So Donnie and Bludgeon they discuss how Bludgeon actually sees through light waves, which Donnie calls lidar, I guess. Uh, Lidar, sure. Which is basically seeing light through electromagnetic radiation. So Raph, he's confronted by Ocho, who kind of goads Raph (laughs) by saying he could smell Raph's fear. And, of course, Raph being Raph, he doesn't take too kindly to Ocho's, Ocho's observation. Uh, so you'll see what happens a little bit later with that. I love that face. Yes, yes. That face looks awesome, by the way. Yeah, that smile. Something yeah. you see out of nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> Plus also the teeth. Like, when I did the cover, yeah, when I did the cover, I did the cover like months before. Oh, wow. Yeah, I did the cover. The, all the covers were taken care of before I started drawing the issues. So I hadn't got a full, you know, grasp of the character yet. So the cover, the teeth on the cover are actually like singular teeth, 
but the teeth in the actual book, and I noticed this after, oh, are cool. jagged. Yeah. So yeah. He's eaten some rocks since then. Hmm. He's eaten some yeah. rocks since <laughs> then. Yeah. <laughs> like the, this is like something I didn't I didn't pick up the first time when I was looking through uh, Sophie's issue with uh, Ocho. So yeah, I wish I could go wow. back and make those teeth more jagged on the cover. Wow, it looks but. I would have never noticed. So it's funny. It's funny what you guys study that that I, it gives just me such a greater appreciation for what, for what artists do and trying to be consistent with other artists, but at the same time, you know, put their own mm. spin on certain things. I love that. Like one of the things I've been like trying to do, like maybe I could do it when I have a little bit more downtime. I want to make like a PDF file with all the reference. Oh, cool! Instead of having to like jump backwards and forwards and pull books out of the you know the shelves like which which issue <laughs> when did we first see this when was the last time we saw this character like i keep having to look up things so mm-hmm. i'd rather have like a pdf file with character by character all these different designs and what the main you know parts of their designs that i have to bring with me ah that's cool i like that so uh josh do you want to uh, josh work do you want to summarize a little bit i haven't heard from you in a while i've been running my mouth <laughs> oh man <laughs> I think I would be, you know, as usual, I think I'd be the worst person to do that. I read this issue once. <laughs> and that was I mean, when I bought it. And it's not like I don't. You're the worst person, so. I, yeah, that's true. I'm relatively certain I am, yeah. But. Well, you want to hear one weird thing? I never read the issues. Really? Well, I mean, that's. Because cool I've read them as a script. You're the artist. I mean, you don't have to read it. You know? That's true. I, you know, that's Let's something I never think about. I read the script like twice or three times, and then I'm actually drawing it for a few weeks. So when I actually get the issue in hand, like I, I can't, I can't read it again. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Re- I never read the final form. Wow. I okay. just only make sure that everything's okay, and that's it. Like I've never read any of my comics as they are printed. So wow. is this like so is this like torture for you? This whole experience here? Or is- no, no, it's not torture. It's, just, it's a weird feeling because you know it's something that I can't do as uh, as as the artist. I can't I can't read it as if as if for you know for the first time because I've I've read every part and I've drawn every part and I've like I've done everything separately. I've read it as a script. I've drawn it as a as a comic. I've never read them together. Wow! Wow! Yeah. It's weird. It's very weird. <laughs> well, to make it even weirder for you, this is a great scene of Karai uh, going to a monument <laughs> yeah. for the Shredder, you know, which I don't exactly remember what everybody said in this whole scene, even though I'm looking at it right now. Um, that's a Japanese tomb. That's the way they, they, that's the way have their their gravestones are in Japan. Uh, this is it, this is really just. I really do appreciate just like how you seem to. I mean, I don't know. I'm not. I'm going to pretend to know, but it really seems like you have a real good strength for minimalism here, where like you just put so much detail and character into a, just a concrete wall behind Karai. She's walking up to a tomb, and that tomb looks weathered, and it looks, but it it looks honorable all at the same mm. time. It looks like it's seen some years, and <clears throat> you really see the uh, the fine details on Karai's face. Um just the expressing all the experience and emotion and everything that she has on her face while she's putting a hand on this tomb. I really, mm-hmm. I just, I really love little character things like that. When you see that, that level of detail in there and 
It seems like I put a lot of thought into this. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've sold me, man. You've got me. Yeah, I, you, you I, fooled me. I will buy any book with your name on it from now on. I promise. So, like, yeah, you're like you're talking like this is the weird thing with, um, especially when you hear like history lessons about art artists and like the, what they they think about when the artist is making stuff and like I don't think about half the things that they people think that I'm thinking about. <laughs> But you play along, right? Like, yeah, I was thinking that. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I was like listening to how this get made and like uh, watching YouTube videos while I was drawing things. But yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I've always wondered that if like if man, if you ever hear just like a really crappy explanation of about comic book art, like I just gave you, and you've ever wondered, like <laughs> it's not crappy, it's you... very honorable. Like it seems like more profound. <laughs> <laughs> I've just I've always wondered like what the artist is actually thinking. Be like, yep, that was me. Everything's on the page. I don't remember drawing it, but yeah, there it is. So. <laughs> I was like uh, figuring out, you know, how am I going to level up my team on Pokemon Go? And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, man, man, taking hot takes today, man. This is great. <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm not beating around the bush. I, I'll tell things the way they are. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm, I really appreciate that. That's awesome. Uh, so, and then next you go to a scene between Casey Jones and Jenica, and they're discuss. If I remember correctly, they're discussing a uh, very similar uh, past between the two of them. Both of them had a pretty rough childhood. Uh, Casey going into details about his dad, and Jenica going into detail about a bad relationship that got her involved with. Uh, a gang that eventually got her noticed by the Foot Clan. Mm. So really, and again, great looking hills, great awesome, awesome facial expressions and everything. Man, <laughs> love the detail. Motorcycle. Yeah, great love, motorcycle. No, no, no. That motorcycle killed me. Oh, really? Because it looks really? great. I had a lot of reference open for that motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, like Tom had given me a specific like. Um, a specific model is like a Honda 70, something like that. And so I had to look up a lot of photographs and try and get everything. Like, I'm not good at, like, one of the things I really hate drawing are cars and bikes and buildings. Like, real-life buildings are a pain in the ass. Because every, if, you, if you don't do, if your lines aren't aligned or perspectives are, are off, then everything looks wrong. So... Yeah, especially when I was like with the woods, I was drawing four years my own world. I could do whatever I want. When it comes when I was when I'm drawing turtles, I have to like draw New York. I have to, especially the next issue, I have to draw New York inside it. Um, yeah, that that kind of stuff really, you know, it's time consuming. I have to do a lot of research before actually drawing. Man, that's that's so crazy. Yeah, I've I've always heard the things like drawing cars is very difficult just because of the perspective that how they interact, how the characters would interact with them. Yeah. That's man. And, and that, and you don't get to like, you don't get to bend the rules a bit with uh, some objects like with humans mm-hmm. in anatomy, you could like add an, add in a couple of centimeters on a leg or something just to make it like look weird or the movement, get the movement across with cars. It's like, it's a box with wheels. <laughs> You can't give it that much character, or like I'm not the right person to give a car that much character. So it was 
It's it's a especially when they're like running or like speeding along, which you'll see in the next issue. Yeah, I had a few, I had a few hard moments with cars. <laughs> <laughs> they came out good, but while drawing it, I was I was swearing. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and also fun fact, I was um, I was supposed to be the first person person to draw Jemika, I think. Um, the first issue that I was supposed to draw was fifty one. But I couldn't do it deadline wise, so I came on fifty three. That's that's really interesting. So would you have made Jenica look this way, or I mean, would I don't you know. Get to... I'm not sure what the the um, I don't know what the description was, but that's when she oh, first. Okay. That's when she first showed up in issue fifty one. Okay, so I was just about to ask about that. You know, if if these new characters that are incorporated, are they? Usually, an artist's creation, as far as the design of the characters, or do you basically draw what? It sounds bad, but what you're told to draw. I'm not sure because I don't think I've actually drawn, sorry, any character that has shown up for the first time. Hmm. The only person I drew for the first time was Bishop. When Bishop first shows up in issue 55, I was the first person to draw him, but I'm basically oh, wow. drawing Bishop. I'm not making a new character. My 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 guidelines was Bishop, mm-hmm. you know, Agent Smith with a suit. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That is true. Yeah. So there's nothing like I can't do anything special on him. It's it is what it is. I haven't yeah I haven't introduced an oh actually I have introduced a character. I have my I've, I have my own character. I forgot. Um, in Dimension X issue two, I uh, created with uh, Ulysses Farinas the. Um, this is this is bad. I created him. I forgot his name. I'm gonna have to Google this. <laughs> GMT. Let me just say, put my name in. See what happens. Turtlepedia. There's a Turtlepedia on me. That knows. Oh yes, I actually read from it. <laughs> oh. All right, Dimension X. Uh, part two. Anemon, yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I created the character Anemon, as I always knew his name. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, like that was um, like a creation between me and Ulysses. Ulysses gave me like broad strokes of how he wanted his the character to be in the story, and you know, I finalized it. So yeah, I have created a character in Turtles. Yeah, very cool, very cool. cool First of many. (laughs) Yeah, hopefully. (laughs) Yeah, awesome. So, uh, so while Cry's paying her respects, uh, Leo asks Splinter to, to step down as a leader of the Foot Clan. And Splinter tells Leo, look, I took over the Foot Clan to protect you and your brothers, to protect this city. And Leo responds with a pretty powerful line here. He goes, we don't need a protector. We need a father. I, I, if I could just reference something you did, it was the Christmas issue. Mm-hmm. I thought, you, first of all, your Splinter artwork is, is wonderful. And there is one scene where... Splinter, I think he's watching his sons maybe from a distance. I can't quite remember. Let but he just see. looks... Tear. He, he, he looks so sad, you know? And I I think deep down he has a lot of regrets. I uh, think you're and, talking about the end of the Mikey issue. Oh, it could be. It could be. It's the final I, panel with uh, Splinter just looking at his uh, children basically having... Yes, you know, with his the teary eyes. That's what I'm thinking of, yes. Bas- that's the thing, like with the Mikey issue... Mikey Macro, I follow up the story with the Christmas. Okay, that's why they seem so cohesive. Nice. Yeah. yeah. 
And uh, this scene that you're talking about in issue 91 is basically a follow-up to the Christmas one and the Mikey one, because you're talking about Splinter being a father, which was mm. Michelangelo's whole gripe and fight with him about. Right, right. So there's always a continue. I've noticed that there's a continuity between stuff. Like, I did... <clears throat> I did the Mi- Mikey hanging out with Mutanimals. Mm-hmm in the issues 53 to 55. And then I continued that storyline in uh, universe number five with old, old hob teaming up with Leatherhead, which was basically a continuation from the mutanimal storyline then. So there were always, I seem to be brought on in specific parts. So I mm. get to continue stories. That I start somewhere else and anything to do with Michelangelo seems to be, me actually you can't escape you can't escape mike yeah i'm telling you that's awesome <laughs> yeah so all, out of all the issues that i've drawn i think i've done like 12 issues i think mm-hmm. um most of them are mike lander stories wow yeah. well you you're doing well my friend mm-hmm. so uh let's see it says here splinter is about to respond uh to leo's uh statement there pretty powerful statement and a great scene when karai makes her way out of the tomb and thanks splinter for allowing her to pay her respects so as the trio make their way back inside the main compound of the Foot Clan hideout, they walk right into a fight between Raph and Ocho. Surprise, surprise. My so, favorite page. <laughs> yes, though. This this is this is fantastic here. I love the the layouts. I love that Raph's on top of him about to pound him. And it almost looks her. like the uh, her, I keep doing that. Jeez, Ocho. Should have been Ocha. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I love how the Ocho is almost smiling, you know, during the film. Oh, like, this is. is exactly what she wanted. Yes. I think this might have been the first page I drew of the issue. Maybe. Oh, wow. No kidding. I think I started off with this page saying, I'm going to do the front page first. <laughs> <laughs> so do you always start out of order like that? I, I, I do scene by scene, basically. Like. Oh, cool. Um, I took care of the, these two pages, which were the fighting pages. Then I took care of probably the intro uh, with the bedroom, and then I went to all the pages that had to be that were, that were with the my, um, Splinter, Leo, and Karai in the tombs. Like I do, like portions. I cut it up so I don't have to. So I don't. So I like, draw all the parts in one scene at the same time, and then I go into a different part. So I don't. I, I draw things out of order. Yeah, it kind of keeps it fresh too. Mm. Did you draw the motorcycle last? Because you oh yeah, like you it know before. that I did those last. <laughs> <laughs> he was putting that off. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I was just thinking that's exactly what I would have done. Yeah, <laughs> especially with the issue ninety two, the car pages were like dead last. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm leaving these to the end. <laughs> yes, oh, I can't wait to see that now, man. I just <laughs> yeah, I'm intrigued. They'll be in the previews, like the first pages, the first four pages. So okay. they'll be all oh, cool. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Leo, he snags Raph, and Karai, he kicks Ocho. And the book basically concludes where, where Splinter, he's interrupting the whole conflict as he declares, Well, if you're all quite done with this spirited debate, I would very much like to get on with the business at hand. And that business does not require squabbling amongst ourselves. No, it necessitates earnest conversation and careful negotiation. After all, it is quite an important undertaking for the Foot Clan master to relinquish his throne to another. So that's where this issue ends. And mm-hmm. uh, boy, quite quite an issue here. Is he going to give the Foot Clan over to Karai, or is there somebody else in mind? I have um, no idea. 
Michael knows, and he's holding out. <laughs> Clearly. Uh, but uh, but You'll first of see. all, great, great um, uh, cusp of a major story arc here uh, that I think we're going to be talking about for, for ages to come. And, um, you know, first of all, I'll, I'll give my impressions. This was a wonderfully drawn comic book. I thought you do did an incredible job with the Turtles. And I wish we could talk to you again for uh, issue 92 – Mm-hmm. Um, but I just want to say it now that I've loved your work with uh, the Ninja Turtles, and I can't to see, I can't wait to see where the story's going. Me too. I have no idea. <laughs> so is no, that is, is that true? You really have no clue? No, I don't know. Wow. I know what I drew. Yeah. And I don't know what happens after. So so okay. Um, let me ask you something. Mm-hmm. Do you think? Since you don't know, what do you think is going to happen with this whole City at War arc? Do you think, like, this is always the fun part because we get the fantasy book a little bit. You know, who do you think? Before we get to that. Yeah. I'll give you another fun fact. Oh, let's hear it. I found out about Slasher's death before it happened. Really? Oh. Yeah. I found out in August. Oh, wow. That was a while ago. And I didn't know... That, that was happening because <laughs> I had to draw. I had to draw the the in the Christmas issue. I had to draw um, Mikey being sad on the couch with Leo looking at a photograph of Slash. And you're like, and wait a minute. Like, hey, wait, what? <laughs> 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 what happened? <laughs> yeah, so I got I got spoiled way ahead. That was the greatest description of a scene I ever heard in my life. Michelangelo on the couch with Leonardo being sad. That's just... <laughs> I really love that. That was great. Yeah, so yeah, I get spoiled because the, the same time, because we do interchange at artists, when I'm brought on to draw like issue 89, David hadn't drawn issue 88 yet. Oh, wow. So I was like asking for reference and he was drawing at the same time I was. So probably the same thing now. When I was finishing up with issue 91, probably David's already started on... Uh, when I was finishing up on issue 92, probably David was already drawing issue 93. I, I find that so interesting that they, the writers kind of leave you in the dark as far as you know mm. what's coming up the next few issues. That That's fascinating. Yeah, I found out a lot of stuff that I had no idea about. <laughs> as you're drawing, you're like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> hey, what is this? And like with the bishop yeah. thing, I was like... Wait, Bishop's a, a tiny, tiny guy? What's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> like, Can I have references? Like, yeah, yeah, we've, here we've got some pages. They're not colored yet. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Let me see those pages. Oh, gosh, that's so funny. Well, that actually reminds me of Joshua Work. Like, I think you had jumped on IDW again to get caught back up in reading right around the, the time that issue was exposed as that little guy. Mm-hmm. And you were like, what the heck? <laughs> I took like, yeah, because I took about, I don't know, I took a few months off from reading it. And so I came back on with issue 90 and all of a sudden Agent Bishop is this little <laughs> dude inside another dude. And man just, baby. Yeah, man baby. Yeah. And I was just thinking, <laughs> this is the craziest thing. It was like I, I skip a couple of issues and everything was upended on me. <laughs> well, it happens. Like I don't read them monthly. I try to, but I uh, too much drawing. Like I, I always draw my, I, I read them in batches, and then mm. like especially when the when they tell me I have to draw something, I'm like, oh, I have to, I have to catch up again. 
And then like ah. like the the path to Karai, uh, path of Karai in uh, Universe. I hadn't universe. read the Universe issues yet, so I was like, to go buy this issue. Like I was in New York <laughs> at the time when I got the descriptions of the of these issues, these exact issues in in October. So I had to like I was like I was in New York and I ran down to Midtown, Midtown Comics. I was like. You find I think there's a volume <laughs> that has these issues in them. But I haven't got them yet. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. So, uh, so Jay Weezy, what did you think of this issue, my friend? Oh, I loved it. It was great. Well, and for me, I've been out of the series for quite a while. Um, so, I think I don't even remember the last issue that I, I actually read because I've been so busy. And so I pick up this issue, and I'm blown away. I'm just like, wait, what's going on? Splinters, uh, the head of the Foot Clan, like. Whoa. Wait, 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 wait. You haven't read for a few years. Yes, it's been a long time. I'm like way <laughs> far behind. So I'm like, I'm totally blown away as to where this is coming in. And it just immediately kind of sucked me in to see, whoa, okay, is Karai going to fight Splinter? Or is there going to be some kind of battle? Like what? what's going on? It's, it's awesome. I can't wait to see what's going to happen to see if Splinter's actually going to hand this over to her or... If he's going to change his mind, is is she actually trying to trick him? Because I don't know whether or not I should trust her. It's really interesting. I can't speak. <laughs> <laughs> he knows. He knows. <laughs> uh, you know, I I really I'm really envious of people that get to do this for a living uh, to write and draw for comic book companies for a living and. I really do appreciate all your hard work that you've done. It's very, been a very eye-opening experience talking to you about all this in the best way. I can't wait to see at 92, issue 92, you said you're done after that. Um, do you know For now. any idea about when you'll return to the Turtles after that? I'm not sure yet. Hopefully it'll be soon. But the oh, thing good. is, like, I'm, starting, so. I'm starting a three-book series okay. after this. But I think I will have time for Turtles. Like, I'll make it my, you know, I'll make it happen. If, oh, they ask, if they ask me, I'll be back. But I'm still waiting to see how my schedule works out with all this, all this happening. Like, it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to juggle things. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully, I'll be back soon. That's great. Awesome. Yeah, I, I, really, I really do like what you're doing here. I really like how, I really feel like you've made the Turtles your own. And... Mm-hmm that's that is such an achievement to me because i'm such a just an art fanboy a, a comic book art fanboy and i and mattia santaluco is he's a he's a beast pretty much the reason that i wrote or uh started reading this book and i think you're right neck and neck with him if not even a little bit better than him i no, really no 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 i'm not better than mateos mateos um, is is one of those pure talent beasts like he gave me original page uh, when I saw him last year. He he gave me a page with the character that I created, Anamon, which I remember. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, when he gave me the page, I'm like, "Wow, this is it's tiny." Like compared to like I was saying before, that like, I draw double size, and most artists draw double size. Mateus doesn't. Slightly bigger than than the actual issue. His detail is basically what you see on. He draws the size of what you see, basically. Wow. Which is mind-blowing for me, because every line is that size. So it's all fine lines, tiny. Wow. There's no you know, drawing bigger and then making it smaller. His line details are that size. 
Jerry. He he's a beast. He's a beast. I'm a sloppy artist. He's a very tight artist. Well, from a fan, you look pretty good, man. It's okay I, to give I yourself a little bit manage. more credit. It's okay. Pat yourself on the back. You, you, you well, ought to. No, I try to manage my sloppiness and make it work. <laughs> That's what I do at the house. I've taken yeah, it upon myself to be rough around the edges and make that my style. Because one of my favorite artists growing up was Guy Davis, who drew like seven years of BPRD. And he has a very sketchy style. Like he would draw like a building and it would just be a lot of squiggly lines, but it would make sense. Hmm. So I take from him as a, you know, inspiration to just, nothing has to be exactly the way it is in real life. Mm -hmm. If it it works for the reader, then it's, then it works. That's why I hate cars, because cars are hard to do that way. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, so let me ask you something, Michael, Uh, where can all of our listeners keep up to date with all of your, your awesome work? Because obviously you're working on a brand new project. Sounds exciting. Where can they uh, keep up to date with you? Um, hmm. I have a Twitter, I think, which I don't really mm-hmm. use much to talk. I just like post my own stuff or repost other stuff. Uh, it's the Wooden King. Um, you can find the same on Instagram, which uh, I will be posting a lot of commissions over the next month. Every day, I'm posting a different commission, which is also the Wooden King. And my site is um, woodencrown.com. So I try and keep things up to date there. Awesome, awesome. Well, yeah, and we'll try to include a link in our show notes for that website as well. That's awesome. So uh, the last question we always end our interviews with is mm-hmm. uh, just just a pretty simple one, but uh, a little deep too, I guess. Uh, what do the turtles mean to you on a personal level? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> just to get deep real quick. We're, we're keeping it light, you know, just – <laughs> This is how Rob makes the episode a half hour longer every episode. <laughs> I mean, I could talk for ages. I don't mind. But wow. What do they mean to me? God. I, I think it's... For me, it's basically nostalgic of my childhood. Mm. Like, as I said before, like I grew up on this. Uh, the first Turtle movie is my favorite Turtle movie. Oh, preach it, brother. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's the best. I watch it at least twice a year. And I don't know, it's like I grew up on Ghostbusters and Turtles. Oh, me too. <laughs> so I've done one Ghostbusters story, which was one of my first things to do with IW. And I've done my turtle like turtle I don't know, like Turtles has always been a dream for me. That's what it is. Like it's a valid like it makes me feel good as an artist. Like, I'm doing my own stuff, but the fact that I get to play with turtles every now and then makes me feel like I'm doing things right. As long as turtles is around and I'm drawing them, then, you know, it's worth it. Yeah. That kind of thing. Like, the artists draw a lot. Like, my work hours every day are like 12 hours a day I draw. Wow. So, Turtles gives me that kind of, you know, that happy feeling like it's all worth this big, like, my, my, my beard has gone gray in four years, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at least I got Turtles out of, out of all this. 
Yeah. Also, like medium community, like especially when I first started drawing the when I first well, when I was first announced actually to draw an issue, uh, the fact that all this like so many people from the total community just came out and like gave me you know they came up and said thank you for not even starting yet. I was like, wow. The fact that they, they, like I felt like I was like brought into I was invited to a party that I had no idea that existed. <laughs> that's cool and every year like especially at conventions the amount of people that come to see me just because of turtles is just you know so humbling and it feels great to be that person and especially with the kids like the young kids like six seven year olds that when they see me draw a turtle they're like whoa you're drawing turtles like yeah like if you draw turtles now maybe in 20 <laughs> years you'll be drawing the new ones then because I started when I was six drawing turtles, so it, they, it, it's just weird. I don't know. It's a weird feeling. Like I can't explain it. Like I have like fan art from kids, just because I draw turtles. That's cool. weird. That's so cool. Yeah. I, I know you can't. You say you can't explain it, but I know exactly what you're talking about. I I completely understand, and it's so funny that that you bring up. That, it, that it's such a welcoming community. I mean, for me, we're just fanboys, and every creator we've ever talked to, it just seems like everybody is just so laid back, so accepting, and and so gifted and talented. It's just it makes me love this franchise even more. Mm-hmm. You know, I hope there's going to be a lot of more issues. Yes, and I hope it, you're on them. I hope I'm on them too. Yeah, but like, I, like as you, like I don't know what's happening. And especially with the way the City at War ends the Mirage, the Mirage series, mm-hmm. where do we go with this? Is it going to end after this, or is it going to keep on going? <laughs> like I don't know, and I'm, you know, I want to find out too. Like how many, how how many issues was City at War? Like twelve, thirteen issues? Yeah, about yeah. that. Yeah, and it's just starting now with issue ninety three. Yeah, it's an exciting time to be a Turtles fan. I think I've been saying that since we started our podcast, what, six years ago. But it is really an exciting time to be a Turtles mm. fan. And hopefully um, we'll have new movies. Yes, I'm yeah. okay with that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I want new movies. New, new. Right. New designs, please. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they can get you in charge. No, I don't want to be in charge. I just want to make sure that they're not over-designed. They, the last movie was a guilty pleasure first time watching it in the, in the cinema mm-hmm. like seeing Bebop and Rocksteady exactly the way I wanted to see them was perfect <laughs> Krang was okay even though he wasn't in the movie that long everything else no <laughs> <laughs> like they uh. the second movie was exactly what we wanted but it, I wish it wasn't a continuation from the first one like especially that whole Shredder thing, I do not understand what happened there. Who was the Shredder? Did he get young? Did they did, did Mutagen <laughs> make him look younger in the second movie than he was in the first movie? Is that Mutagen? It might yeah. have been when they ran out of budget. The first movie ends and he's holding the canister and he gets splashed with all the Mutagen when they when he hits the ground. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly in the second movie he's like forty years younger. <laughs> <laughs> it's like without, There's wonders like, on everybody. Oh, man. It, it annoys me. But, uh, yeah, hopefully the next one that they're actually doing will be um, 
what we wanted. Like just make the ninety one just make the ninety nine to ninety one again. Like bring that back. <laughs> oh like, gosh, make well. it, bring Jim Henson team back in it, make the suits. Three D is great, but it's it doesn't have to be full three D characters. As long as the story's good and it's 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 handled well, I think, you know, that that's all we could ask for. Absolutely. Like, I would love it if they do the whatever IDW's been doing with the reincarnation and everything, that makes a better story. That. So that's how I feel, yeah. Like the whole thing with April uh, having the turtles when she was a kid and naming them was like, what the what? Go Bonga! Man. <laughs> 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 what are you doing? <laughs> Doesn't have to be April. The, you know, April's not the, the catalyst for the whole story. It's something else. But yeah, hopefully that happens. And I, I want to see what happens with the this Netflix movie. Or is that just a rise from the TMNT? Well, uh, it's called Rise of the TMNT, but apparently it's its own original thing. So, I mean, it would, that, that Netflix and Nickelodeon deal was announced last week. So I would imagine certain things are going to change between when it comes out and today. Mm. And I also want to see what happens with the, the Batman and Turtles movie. Batman and Turtles uh, animated film from Warner Brothers mm. coming out, I think, in May or June. Yeah, and J- James didn't tell me anything. <laughs> <laughs> like he wrote those and he didn't tell me anything. <laughs> That's hardcore right there. <laughs> what makes you wonder if they told him? Does he even know? Does, does he know? He probably knew something. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be angry when I see him. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right well well michael hey thank you so much for coming on man it has been a wonderful treat and it's so cool to break down this is the first time we've ever done this break down a comic book with an artist um and it it was so cool to kind of see this comic through a different lens so uh thanks again for coming on man you are just uh, another example of how great that this ninja turtle community is well hopefully you should uh, you know call some other people yeah well maybe you should bring david on if, if, hey, maybe uh, you could give us some connections here. He's on Facebook. There you go. I'll, I'll reach out to him. <laughs> you don't need uh, some connections. You just Google him and find him. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But if I, if I if I throw your name in the mix, I think that'll help. Yeah, I'll, I'll say it to him. Like, hey, you're you're starting City of War. Uh, talk to these guys. <laughs> All right, that sounds All good. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, well, good deal. Well, well, thank you, thank you again for coming on, man. And um, the the question I guess we all want to know to close out another Totally Tubular episode of Turtle Flakes is, what kind of pizza are we going to have today, guys? What, what are you feeling, Michael? I'm lactose intolerant, so I don't eat pizza. Oh, really? Okay, <laughs> well, we can have whatever you want. What is your favorite meal? No, I actually do. I do eat pizza, but I always, oh. <laughs> I, I always like, uh, you know, make a deal like, if I'm going to have a pizza, I'm going to be alone because there's an <laughs> aftermath. <laughs> or if i find a good place that has a vegan vegetarian cheese on it <laughs> yeah, there you go. but yeah the uh, like the ones i have i get like from this vegan uh, vegan pizzeria mm-hmm. and it has uh, broccoli broccoli uh, broccoli carrots <laughs> Oh wow! Uh, cannabis infused um, dough and wait a minute, hold on. No, 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 no. It's not, not. It's the good, the good kind, not the bad kind. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. That's the aftermath he was talking about. It's, it's not. Right. Never mind. Not to be pizza. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, but actually, I could do one of those right now. All right. I think I might celebrate and have one of those. (laughs) There you go. Well, uh, all right, guys. Well, first of all, if you'd like to send us an email, um, if you have any follow-up questions, maybe I can send them your way, Michael. Uh, Send us an email at turtleflakespodcast at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at turtleflakes, and we do have a Facebook group page at facebook.com slash groups slash turtleflakes. Uh, we do have a TurtleCom hotline, and thank you all so, so much for giving us a call over the last few weeks. We promise that the next episode will be a listener feedback show where we can we can air all these messages and, the, and share these emails. Um, the number is 865-309-4875. And uh, please check out our friend Anthony Hernandez's YouTube show called Totally Tubular Turtle Tuesday, where he reviews classic and modern toys, Ninja Turtle toys. And uh, last but not least, Josh, would you like to talk about your blog real quick? Uh, yeah, you can find me on the Turtle Tracks blog. Uh, it's where I basically just write uh, about movies, video games, books, comic books, toys, um, and just my own musings on pop culture in general. And you can also find me on YouTube on Turtle Tracks Games, where you can watch videos of me playing video games terribly. So, <laughs> Which games? Uh, pretty much anything that, uh, I have in my, uh, collection downstairs. I try to stick to PS4, uh, PlayStation 4 video games. I do a lot of Friday the 13th, uh, videos. Um, I did some, uh, recording this morning when I woke up early and did that. A lot of Mortal Kombat, uh, stuff like that. A lot of, a lot of just generally just anything, whatever I feel like mostly. So, but I try to stick with PlayStation 4. Mm, I haven't got a good PlayStation 4 game in a while. Oh, well, you got to get more Switch games. Too. You got to mm-hmm. get Resident Evil 2. Uh, I, ca- I can't do that again. I did it when I was a kid. <laughs> oh, no, like, scare you? <laughs> yeah, when I was a kid. Like, when did that come out? Oh, gosh. 98? 90, yeah, 98. late 90s, yeah. So I was like 14. Yeah, I was a, yeah, that's the thing. I played, it, I played it so much then. Like, I can't do that again right now. I want to play something new. I don't have that much time to play video games, so... I want it to be a new experience. Um, ah, I ha- Friday Thirteenth. Yeah, no, that's an online yeah. game. That's that's not the thing. The one game I want to play, but I, I've bought it and I haven't played it yet. The um, what's that one that came out the same day as Zelda? Uh, is it a Switch game? No, it's a PS4 game. Um, uh, what do you call it? Zero Dawn is it? Horizon. Horizon. Um, yeah. 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 I haven't yeah. played that yet. I've got it. Just yeah, waiting for me to, to find really time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I need yeah. to find 50 hours to play it. <laughs> <laughs> I've got that game too. I still haven't played it either, so I don't know. Is that the one with the uh, robot um, dinosaurs robot and everything? Dinosaurs, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, that game's fantastic. I've, I've played a little bit of that. I think, like, I love playing video games, so mm-hmm. when I want to start a new video game, I need to have a few days. Yep. Free. Because if I'm going to start it, I'm going to go through all the whole thing. Like, I can't, <laughs> I can't like, stop and, you know, start and stop all the time. That's why the good thing was Switch, when the Breath of the Wild came out, I was on that game all day for weeks. <laughs> and for some weird reason, I was hitting my deadlines at the same time. <laughs> hey, it was that's... in my bag, it was in my office. I was playing, you know, throughout the breaks, and it was like a, a good game to pick up and, you know, play half an hour and put it down again. But these, like, zero, you know, what's it called? Horizon. Uh, it's, it's, you can't yeah. stop it. You're going to have to go through the whole thing because if you stop, 
then you you you, know, you don't know where you left off. That's true. Yeah, it's so, one of those games. Generally, all these games that are coming out that are time consuming. They're not half hour game, an hour every now and then. They're like full three, four day games. Like Spider Man, that was like a three day game for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, Spider-Man. Josh, you just beat that one too. Yeah, Spider Man was that. That's that's an investment. That 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 really is. <laughs> That's but when, was, like, a video game stops being shorter. fun and starts becoming a job. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a good game, but it was a lot shorter than I expected. Like, it was a three days that was, you know, like, a couple of hours every day. Yeah. Yeah, I felt the same way. I mean, if you really wanted to, you could beat it in a weekend if you didn't shower or anything. I think, Just... it was, <laughs> I, think I did it in, like, 13 hours total. Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't Whoa. do 100%. I did the storyline in 13 hours. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I haven't done all the extras, but... See, I 100%ed it, and it took me a while, but um, it took me... See, I have kids, so it took me a couple of weeks. <laughs> they get the way. They keep asking questions, and they keep wanting to go, oh, can I play? It's like, no, I bought this. That's this is mine. You can't play it. <laughs> Buy your own games when you have yeah, money. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So put your sippy cup down and you get out the you go get a job. <laughs> like one of the things I'm waiting for is the new Pokemon game and it's gonna be I don't know what's gonna happen. <laughs> the new one that came out was the the new one that came out, that was like two that was two days for me. It was a lot shorter than the old ones. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. thirty hours. That was it. I did it in two days straight. But the new ones is going to be like that hundred plus hour game oh, of wow. Reading because it's going to be a full RPG, and I oh. I really want to play it, but I'm dreading my time. <laughs> I'm dreading have to make sure you get your commissions done. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll already be starting this book that I already that I'll be drawing. So that's you know, <laughs> please Nintendo, <laughs> give me some <laughs> abilities. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for uh, tuning in once again. And um, on behalf of the gang and myself, and once again, Michael, thank you so much for coming on. Here's to hoping you enjoy a mega slice of vegan pizza with broccoli, carrots, and cannabis-infused dough. So, cowbunga dudes. The good kind, by the way. <laughs> cowbunga. Wait, uh, Rob, real quick. Can you say Michael's last name yet? Okay. Ha- all right, let's try this. Alliness. That's okay. All right. All right. Yes. Yes. I, I was like, he mentioned Alley. I got this. Yeah. You just don't, don't, don't try and put it like a Mediterranean, you know, twist on it. Just say it as it is. But look, I've had work. Really? What's the worst one you forgot? Dialysis. <laughs> Terrible wind chills and other things, so our electric bill sucks because we got all the computers on and everything. Man, sounds like Hoth up there. Yeah, really, man. Hoth is nice compared to this, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the rebels they passed up Minnesota. They were like, nope, yeah. nope, too nope. cold. Nope. Yeah, Josh has a poster as well. Visit Balmy Hoth. Yeah, call me. <laughs> <laughs> But like it was when it was like really like we had that deep freeze like the last week of January, first week of February. We found out that like for a solid week it was colder here in Minnesota where I live specifically. It was colder here than it was in the Arctic Circle. 
<laughs> Which means like polar bears couldn't live here. <laughs> <laughs>Michael, I gotta ask you a question, man. Yeah. How do you say your last name? Is it Dialinus? No. Oh, man, I've been saying it wrong for, for like three, four episodes. <laughs> uh, how do you say I, it? I have it phonetically on my site, actually. It's uh, Dialinus. Dialinus. No, like the alley, the, the dark alley, the artist alley. Dialinus. Dialinus. Yeah. Dialinus. Okay. No, no. Don't don't put any accents anyway. Diali Ness. Diali Ness. Yeah. Oh, that's gonna be hard for me, Michael. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like someone's going down the alley. Alley. The alley. All right, you got the alley. Mind if I just call you Michael? Can you hear him? A little bit. It's not a problem. The one day I'm not in my office. If I was in my office, it wouldn't be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no problem. I've, I've, I've got a, my son. This is right around his nap time. So if you, if you start hearing him cry, that'll balance everything out. Don't worry. I have five cats. So this is... Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> One's driving me crazy. The other four are just rounded. Oh, nice. There's always yeah. one. Always <laughs> one. The big one. The main one. Shiro, shut up, please. You've been very rude. <laughs> she wants an interview. <laughs> With the balloons. Get... No, I'm trying not to shout at my cat. <laughs> <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> you just sit and go, meow, meow. <laughs> Doing the Meow Mix commercial. Yeah. <laughs> just had tuna. Fresh tuna. Jesus. Oh, man. He's doing all right. Yeah.